Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. What's up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. As always, I'm Zane. He's Al. Al, thanks for filling in for me last week. We have Matt Barrows. Really great conversation. If y'all haven't listened to that already, please go back and have a listen to that. But we got a lot to talk about, man. We finally saw Trey Lance on the field. Finally, 49ers football is back. It is awesome to see them back on the field. Tons to talk about. Tons to be excited about. Let's let's get into it, man. And this, this preseason game, Zane, was... I'm trying to think of a game that had as much buzz in the preseason as this one does. And I... I can't think of one in, in recent memory anyway. There's just so much anticipation to see Lance out there, to see what he can do. And I don't, I don't think he disappointed. It was a bit of a mixed bag, but I thought overall he, he did really well. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't played football in, what has he played, one game in the last year and a half or something ridiculous like that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for him to go out, there was, there was going to be some rust. And I thought initially that his very first play, there was a lot that I was impressed with. So he drops back and it looked like it was the deep shot. It wasn't there. He pulls the ball down. He moved really well in the pocket, kind of scrambles out to his right a little bit and hits Brandon Ayuk with a perfect pass that Ayuk dropped. But there were so many things there that I liked that he did. And then I think it was the third play of that drive. He ends up, you know, there's a bull rush by Chris Jones. Brunskill gets knocked back. He steps on Trey Sermon's foot. Lance gets sacked. So it was kind of a quick three and out. And you're like, oh, you know, we wanted to see this guy play. And then, and then the next drive, he comes out first play 80 yard bomb, which I think again, when was the last time you were that excited for a play in a preseason game. Right. And, and after that, I, I really thought there was a lot of good. I mean, obviously there were those drop passes um, and his numbers were a lot better than what they looked towards the end of the half. When they got into the two minute offense, you, you saw, you know, some issues there. He forced, he forced the ball that almost got intercepted. There was another play where he was throwing to Warner, I think, um, to the sideline where one of the KC players jumped the route and that could have easily been an interception too. So, you know, there were some throws that you wish he could have had back, but again, the overall line, he was five of 14, but if there's not the drops, all of a sudden you're eight of 14 and the two completions to Juwan Jennings were recorded as runs because they were behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. But if those are what an inch more forward, then all of a sudden you're 10 of 16. So the numbers don't really do justice. I, I thought it was a, a, a Nice first performance. Couple things that did not worry me because it's it's his first time out there. Just that I saw that he has to improve on, and both of them were on sack. So the one sack that I'm thinking of, it's when they kicked the field goal and, and they were in KC red zone. And if you watch the play, Wayne Gallman is split out to the left, hiked the ball, and he had I think it was a good maybe two and a half seconds. But Gallman is wide open. And even with the rush coming, all he's got to do is hit Gallman. It was real easy. It looked like his eyes were there and he didn't throw it for whatever reason. So not sure what happened there. Another, another sack that happened was, I, I don't remember exactly the, what the situation was, but uh, the left tackle got beat, got beat badly and Lance got sacked. But if you watch the play, the left tackle gets beat and Lance kind of rolls to his right and almost right into that rush a little bit, where if he steps up in the pocket, the rusher probably goes right by him and he had a couple open people. So things like that, you're like, oh, okay, okay. You know, he's got to work on that stuff. And also John Lynch and Kyle Shannon might have said this too. Mechanically, he they said he reverted back to some of the things he was doing pre-camp. 
So mm-hmm. that's something they'll have to correct where, okay, he's going back to some bad habits that he had before that they're working on. But that's a, it's all part of the transition, right? It's all part of learning. It's all part of the learning curve. It was his first time out there. Overall, I was definitely impressed in, in just the wild plays that are there and the things that he could do physically. You're like, whoa. But overall, you know, it was a solid performance for me. I, w- I was overall happy with it. Yeah, and I think that what we need to remember is that this is his first NFL action period. And I don't want to hear against like twos and threes. Like, look, the twos and threes on most NFL teams will beat most college teams, right? That's the, that's the reality of it. So this is nothing like it was in college. The stakes are obviously much higher. You're dealing with a bunch of new teammates that you don't know. Whereas like, you know, at North Dakota State, you knew all those guys. And it's a smaller school and like, you know, it's different. So I think all that stuff, like considered he, he did pretty well. and. The, the, two, the two plays that you're mentioning, I actually wanted to also talk about those two before I talk about the bomb. Uh, the, and then plus the, the first play of the game. I, I think that was for him. That was really cool that Kyle wanted to actually go deep. You saw this kind of developing, right? He double clutched. And he ended up taking the, the check down and, um, you know, ended up uh, hitting at, or I guess not hitting Ayuk. But um, when it comes to the, the sacks that he took, he took responsibility for basically all of them. And I think that's a sign of, of leadership right there. Like right away, he's like, you know, like I, I got to be better. I got to get rid of the ball. Um, the, the Gallman play, that's, that is, that's one of those where that's definitely on him. The O-line picked up, picked up the blitz. There was a free rusher. At that point, it becomes one-on-one. You got to get rid of the ball. Like it's going to happen in games. And I think that he knows that. And that play was designed as such. Kyle called the right play. It was a blitz beater. And, uh, and Trey just didn't get rid of it. That's, that's something that's correctable. The second one, um, I believe the left tackle, it was Moore, I believe, right? The the rookie. Uh, he got beat. I think it was Jalen Moore, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was Jalen Moore. He got beat. And Trey, all he really really needed to do was either step up or just dump it off. Because you had two, two I guess, hot reads there. You had Gallman coming out to the right, and you had Charlie Warner on the left. Uh, I don't think he, he could have got it to Warner because he was already rolling away from that. But it was just an easy pitching cast to Gallman. Uh, and I think that he kind of took the conservative route and was like, I don't want to make a mistake and take a sack. So, uh, on you know, I think that's really the the only two kind of issues that i have with them the two interceptable passes like he, he seems to trey seems to struggle in those situ those situational football moments right now you've seen it in camp too with the the down to the wire sort of drill inside the red zone that they do he's he's not great there but i think those things get better with time once you're you're you've seen nfl defenses and you become a veteran and you understand like what to do with the ball in those situations. I think that the processing time slows down and all of a sudden, like it just, it becomes like second nature to them. And that's where the experience factor shows up. So again, nothing that's not correctable, which is great. And you had that, like that throw that he made to Trent Sherfield, who I want to talk about a little bit, just on the like, opposite hash, 50 yards down the field, like on a line, not many quarterbacks like, in the bucket, not many quarterbacks to make that throw. And it was extremely impressive. And the fact that he just cut it loose like that. I, I know that Kyle Kyle doesn't want to put stuff on film for the rest of the teams because it's a competitive disadvantage if you put like all the read option stuff and the scrambling stuff that Trey's going to do during the season on film in week one of the preseason. But you can tell that Kyle is kind of like itching to kind of, he's got a brand new car and he wants to floor it a little bit, right? So you saw it there. And you saw a lot of what Trey can do there. And all in all, you know, if, if we were to grade this, I'd give this a solid B to B plus. Like it wasn't like perfect by any means, but you know, he didn't wet the bed at all. Like he, he was, he made the best throw out of any of the rookie quarterbacks, like on the weekend that played. And I would say that outside of Justin Fields, he probably played the best. 
So I think what we're looking at here, Al, is, is a situation where we have Trey who's, who's flashed some of that potential. He's flashed, you know, some of what he can do. And you've got Jimmy who's there, who's the placeholder, and we know you can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. So my whole thing is, can you possibly get into a situation where Trey can get some time with the ones? And can you get a situation where Trey can actually get some time with that number one offensive line? And when it comes to whether Trey is going to start week one or not, I mean, we can have that conversation at, you know, later on in the show. But I mean, like my gut feeling is that, you know, Trey should at least get some time with the ones before we decide what he's going to do. Yeah, the time with the ones is going to be crucial for him, for, for sure. He's, at worst, worst case scenario, Kyle said he's going to play this year, right? Whether it's mm. packages or, or whatever it is. So, so getting that time will absolutely be crucial for him. And, and something else that I didn't mention before, you have to look at the way Lance was used in this game. I don't think that's the kind of offense, once he's a starter, they're really going to run. that drop, At least I hope not, that drop back passing game. That seemed to me that Kyle just wanted to see what, what he could do in, in those situations. Obviously, he's going to run a lot more during in a regular game. Obviously, there's going to be some designed runs. And, and you have to think that he just wanted, one, he doesn't want to show what he's going to do. I get that. But it, it just seems like, an okay, let's see what you can do in the drop back game, kid. You know, <laughs> go out and let's, let's see what you can do type thing. That's what it seemed like to me. I did get a little, I don't want to say concerned, but he was getting hit a lot. And I kind of said, well, start rolling him out a little bit here. You know, should, should, should you give him a, a different kind of option type thing to run? Kyle didn't do that. You know, again, I, I think he wanted to see how he handled himself, which, which I think is fine. Um, and again, there were bumps along the road, and there's going to be more bumps along the road. But overall, it, it, was, it was definitely a good performance for him, definitely. Now, in terms of Jimmy, I think, I think Jimmy looked like Jimmy, right? Kind mm-hmm. of just, you know, short passes. I think it was in like four air yards for three completions or whatever. But he just, he got rid of the ball. Um, you know, they were driving. I think there was a, there was a penalty that ended up knocking the drive out, but they they were driving. He was getting rid of the ball. He he looked like Jimmy, and you know what? There's there's nothing wrong with that. If if they're gonna go out, it, it'll be a different offense with Jimmy, obviously, than with Trey. But if if it is the situation where Garoppolo is the week one starter and Lance just get gets worked in, you know, we can live with what we saw in, in that in that first game where there's gonna be the short passes as long as Jimmy takes care of the football, which is you know the one bugaboo with him. Like as long as he he's not throwing the bad interceptions, you know, they, they can win with him. So there's been a lot of talk. And, and look, I always talk about the reality of the situation. I still maintain it. When Lance is ready, I think he plays. Whether that's mm-hmm. week one, week three, next year, whatever it is, I really do. I think once he's ready, I think he plays. But if Jimmy plays, they're still going to be a good team. And they'll still have packages for Lance to get him in and work in. They're in a good situation. It's, it's a really good place to be in. Kyle can do whatever he wants to. Start the rookie, go with the vet, whatever it is. Uh, use a, use a mix of both, and this is the best quarterback room. You know they've they've had Smith and Kaepernick for sure. So so that part of it's exciting. Yeah, and there's a big push obviously to start Trey Lance, and it's funny. Uh, you and I had this discuss this discussion over Twitter, and yes, Al and I disagree over Twitter. Yes, it happens, and um, I'm I I don't agree with starting Trey uh, in week one, and and here's why. Number one, he has to be ready, right? Assuming that he's like not ready. If he's ready, he's ready, right? We know what the decision is, right? But assuming he's not ready and you know, he's he's got some work to do still. 
I still don't think that this should start in week one because obviously if he's not ready, he's not ready. But if I want to dive deeper into that, look, at this, we're at the point in camp right now as we're recording this show. We're between the first and second games. And at this point, like if you're going to start a guy or if it's competition, the guy who's competing against you should be getting some first team snaps. And Trey is not. Like he's only had the one or the couple snaps in the in the first week uh, of training camp where they're installing some of the the packages for him with the with the ones, and he's played with the one number one skill guys, but he hasn't played with the whole number one offense like the the O line. And once that happens, that's kind of an indication that Trey is more ready to get in there, and that is entirely up to Kyle. That's not like oh I'm being a home. That's that's literally that's Kyle Shanahan's decision. That's not nobody's decision but his, and. Right he's going to make that determination based off of like whatever his criteria is. And I think that that's what we all have to remember. Like, yeah, we all want to see Trey play. Some want to see him sooner than others. But I think that there's two things here, two overarching things here is that he has to be ready because you can't a ruin his confidence. If he has a bad, if he has a poor showing and B, if he's not able to protect himself, like he took a lot of hits. Like you said, if he's not able to protect himself, you're in a situation where he's taking a lot of hits, a lot of sacks, all that stuff. And that's the last thing that you want when you have a, a rookie quarterback that you've invested so much in. Like Trey is the future. This is his job. I made it very clear that I, I believe in that. Like Trey Lance will have this job probably sooner rather than later. And it's not going to be a competition. It's going to be a transition, meaning like, hey, Trey is ready. It's Jimmy's going to be on the bench now. It's not going to be like, oh, we're just going to see which one is better. No, no, no. Like if they're playing equally, equally as well, it's Trey's job. And he's going to be, he's going to be taking that. And whether that happens like week one, week 10, whatever it is, we don't know. It's 100% dependent on his, his progression. Yeah, the, the other thing I, I was kind of thinking about, Al, and when it, when it comes to confidence and that portion of it, like when you're an athlete, for those of you who, who played like sports at a high level, like your confidence is everything. Your confidence is what makes a normal, you know, non-athletic person, not athletically athletically gifted person like myself, the ability to compete against people that are far more superior to me in in every way and when you have a guy who has no confidence in any sport or a man or woman who has no confidence in any sport basically they're relying just on you know like raw talent sometimes they can get by sometimes they can't and i truly believe one of the reasons like if we want to take it back to like 49ers history one of the reasons why alex smith took too long to develop or so long to develop was that they ruined him at the beginning he had no confidence they threw him into a terrible situation. I'm not comparing that to now, but I'm saying like that's what happens when your confidence gets ruined. So it's super important that Trey keeps maintaining that like those confidence building games and throws and everything like that. And I think Kyle knows that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. And he has to, he made a good point. He has to protect himself, right? So mm-hmm. there were a couple plays in this game where, and again, I don't know if they told him not to run. They probably did from the looks of the way he was kind of approaching things, but. There were a couple of plays where I'm like, oh, he's taking hits, man. You know, and that, and that was making me a little bit nervous. So the protecting himself thing, yeah, that, that's a good point. There is still a month before week one. Um, I, again, I, I've been saying since the beginning, I, I, I think Lance will be the starter. I, I do think it's headed that way. We'll see if I'm right. Um, but I, I think in the next month, I, I, I think he can do enough to do that. But we'll see. Like we said, they're in a good situation either way. But also in terms of <laughs> protecting your quarterback, the whole line. And look, Trent Williams didn't play. Alex Mack didn't play, but there were a couple times when you were like, oh, at Brunskill on, on the play when Lance got hit, it was the third snap for Lance. It's Chris Jones, right? Chris Jones is a beast, and he did step on Trey Sermon's foot, but also 
one of the reasons he stepped on his foot is because Jones grabbed a hold of Brunskill's hands and just completely trucked him backwards. So that right guard is, is, is a little bit of a concern for me. Um, you would hope, you know, when you take a guard in the second round like they did Aaron Banks, you take him to start, right? If you're, if you're using a second round draft pick on a guard, you're hoping he's a starter. And Banks did not, was not having a good camp, didn't play well in this game, and now he's hurt. So he's probably going to miss the rest of the preseason. So there's zero chance he's starting anything this year. So, so that's definitely concerning right there. I think overall the O-line is going to be fine. Um, the starting five, I do think they'll be okay. I do worry about the depth. I like Brunskill more as sort of like, I guess, a backup for every position, really. You know, he's the first tackle I'd want to see in there based on the way he played in 2019. We know he, he can fill in a guard and center. So ideally, it would have been great to, to have Aaron Banks come in and, and take a hold of that right guard spot. And then you could use Brunskill as, as a backup if there is an injury. Now, if there's an injury, you're kind of like, oh, you know, you know, who do you go to? Um, you know, Jalen Moore didn't, didn't look super great. You have McKivitz there. You know, it's, it's a little bit concerning now um, in terms of the depth of the O-line. So I guess every team has that problem, but the depth of the O-Niners O-line is, 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 a, is a little bit scary, and, and I think it showed with that second. They were so bad. That second unit was so bad. And I think that, again, this is one of the things with Trey. I don't want to – I know we just talked about that, but if you're going to play him, you got to play him behind the ones. Like, I don't want him getting hurt behind the twos. He's got to yeah. play. He's got to behave. He's got to play behind the best offensive lineman. I don't want him having to navigate Aaron Banks's rookie struggles and Moore's rookie struggles. I don't want him to do that. He, he should be playing behind the guys that are, he's going to play with during the season. So that's the only criticism I have of, of that. I think he should do that. But the point about the offensive line, totally valid. They were so bad in that game. They weren't opening up holes for the running backs. They were constantly getting beat. And the only saving grace, Al, that really to me out of all of this was that you're never going to see all five of those guys playing at the same time. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to see that during the season. You'll see one or two, maybe you're never going to see all five of them at the same time on the field at the same time. So that is the only thing that really kind of kept me from like really freaking out about this, but I'm concerned about, I mean, it's only been one preseason game, but like Aaron Banks is hurt. He wasn't really developing and they spent a high draft pick on him and more as well. Like you're supposed to be a tackle that's coming in and giving uh, you know, these guys run for the money. McKivitz hasn't really stepped up. And it's like one of those things where that right guard has been a problem. And, and it was a problem in 2019. Uh, it was a problem in 2020. And I think it may be a problem again this year if they can't get it figured out, if Brunskill can't really play up to his level. So I, that to me, Alec, it's so frustrating when you don't have offensive line performance. Cause like, look, you're trying to evaluate your quarterback situation. You're trying to get your rookie in there and get him better. And, and understand like what his limitations are. Cause right now Kyle doesn't know what he has in freelance, right? Like we're trying to see right now he's, it's like a work in progress. Mm -hmm. We don't know what his limitations are. We don't, we know what the strengths are, but we don't know like what the limitations are. We don't know how far we can push him. Kyle's trying to find this out. He, but he can't do that unless the guy gets protection. So really like I'm concerned about the second string O-line. I'm concerned about certain spots, but I'm not I'm not concerned enough to really like start raving, waving like a red flag round because like they're, like again like they're not going to play together. So uh, unless these guys individually start to drop the ball when they get their individual work, I mean like I would be nice to see like some of the other guards get work with the ones like just to see like a rotation. It seems like they, they have somewhat like some snaps that they're rotating, but it would be nice to see that. Um, I think Trent Williams had a little nick. Uh, on his leg and hip this week during training camp, but or sorry, during a, a practice 
but uh, I think he was okay. He walked off the field. So, um, man, if he goes down though, ugh, I don't even want to, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. He's, he's one of those blue chip players we talked about that, that you can't afford to lose. And, and Kyle didn't seem too concerned about the injury that he sustained. So, um, I'm not going to let it get in my head. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to assume he's going to be okay. But yeah, mm-hmm. one thing too with, with in terms of the blocking, and I guess I'll have to go back and really look, but the running backs, I'm really high in this running back room this year. And obviously mm-hmm. Mostert didn't play, but and Elijah Mitchell didn't play, but you know, Trey Sermon and, and Wayne Gallman, I, I thought Wayne Gallman was a nice little pickup for them. And I think both of those guys can, can produce. And, and they had pretty rough games. They both averaged under three yards per carry. But again, I don't know if that was there weren't holes or we'll have to see, see as, they, as they progress. Um, Jermichael Hasty came in and did a nice job. He, he looked mm-hmm. really good. Um, other than the, when he fumbled, but he, he ran the ball well. So I'm interested to see with, with Sermon and, and, and Gallman how they do moving forward. But I, I still think Sermon's going to be a huge part of this offense. Um, I, I think he's going to get a lot of carries. I think him and Mostert, it might be a straight split just to keep Raheem healthy, you know, mm-hmm. to keep him around because we, we've seen him get injured and, and you want him around for 17 games and into the playoffs. So I think that's what will be interesting. I feel like they're going to run three guys. I don't know who that third guy will be, and I don't know how much work he'll get. But whether it's Elijah Mitchell or whether it's Wayne Gallman, uh, whether Hasty earns a spot, uh, Jeff Wilson is going to be back eventually. I mean, they have six capable running backs. That's that's pretty exciting. I mean, they have a really strong stable of running backs. And they're not paying any even big money. You know, nobody's making seven million a year in that room. It's 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 just a lot of good, solid guys. You know, most are in the last year of his deal, so. You're hoping some of these other guys step up and carry them forward if they don't resign Raheem, if they decide not to go that route. But look, that's that's a good stable of players. Is. Yeah, I was I was a little bit disappointed with Trey Sermon's. I mean, it's only one game, right? But Trey Sermon's debut because I was expecting him to, to be a little bit more assertive and aggressive, and he seemed like he just was a little bit tentative hitting hitting the holes. And maybe that's just the speed of the NFL game, and it's your first game, and you're kind of like out there, and it's you're a little bit starstruck as like Patrick Mahomes and the the all world chiefs are standing over there on the other sideline and, and there's all of that stuff going too. But yeah, I, I wanted to see a little bit more out of him and I think we will. Uh, but I, when it comes to like splitting time and things like that, I, I, unless Sermon can really like put together a few good showings. I mean, there's only two games left in the preseason, but let's see, he can put together two really good games. I think it's going to be like a three headed monster, like you said. And the, I'm glad you brought up Jeff Wilson Jr. Cause the guy's just an absolute like touchdown machine. And mm-hmm. he, he doesn't put the ball on the ground. Like every time it seems like every game hasty plays every couple of games, he's, he's putting the ball on the ground and Kyle hates that. We, that's why Brita was out of here. Right. Cause he's putting on, put the ball on the ground a little bit. So right. the, the argument against having hasty on the roster is that he just fumbles too much. And you can clearly tell that Kyle was super frustrated with the sermon fumble as well. Like when he talked about it. Um, and that's one thing that as, as a head coach that, that just drives you nuts. Um, especially with guys that you have an op- kind of open competition to, for the backup behind Mostert. So I, I really think in Elijah Mitchell, obviously being injured, not getting a chance to play, he's going to be out several weeks, which is really unfortunate because you don't know what you have now in him. So I think what's going to happen is that you may have a situation where the the odd man out may be one, one of uh, uh, Gallman or uh, Hasty or both. And he's going to go with his trusted agents like Jeff Wilson Jr. Like when he pl- when we've seen him play, he's been fantastic when he's had like the, the, the load on his shoulders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's one of those situations where he's going to come back and he's immediately going to, re- you know, regain his spot that he had because you just don't you don't let that go. Like he's too productive. 
And he's that really good situational back. And he knows the offense too. So you're not going to let that go. Like he's going to stay. So I think that really this, this is kind of a tryout for specifically Wayne Gallman, because I think that like, again, Trey Sermon, you're not going to let that go. And you, you have basically your top three, in my opinion, you've got Mostert number one, and that's kind of the unquestioned thing. And there was talk about, Oh, you know, like, are they going to trade Mostert at the deadline? Like, look, unless you can replace that speed somewhere on the team, like from somewhere on the team, like you're not going to let him go because he brings an element that no other running back on the team does. And you have to have that in your, in your arsenal. So Mostert's going to be there. And then basically behind him, like two a two B, you can say it's going to be Jeff Wilson jr. And then, and then Trey Sermon when, when JWJ gets back. But until that time, I can see them like keeping Gallman and just kind of reevaluating and see what happens like at that time. But really like the top three, in my opinion, if everybody's healthy, it goes like this. It goes Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., and then Sermon. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I would agree with that. But yeah, they're loaded. It's it, it's a, it's a really a good place to be in in terms of that group. And you know, there were some things about talking that floated around where Mostert could get traded. I I I think that's ridiculous. Personally, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but to me, he's just like you said, the speed factor that he brings. You're not paying him a ton of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And running yeah. back's not a position where you play one of them. You know, he you can play a bunch of running backs, so it's not. I, I thought that was ridiculous. I th- I think he's the guy that they need, and you've seen what he can do when he's healthy and out there. He can be dominant. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I saw that getting floated around. I wasn't really like, why would you do that? But I don't yeah. Know. Anyway, so another player that I thought really showed out was Joan Jenny. Caught those two screen yeah. passes that ended up being run because um, they're behind the line of scrimmage. But he, you know, he he looked big. He looked strong. Thought he did a really nice job. I thought he helped himself a lot because I the top four receivers are locked in. You got Debo and Ayuk, you have Sanu, and you have Trent Sherfield, who mm-hmm. was going to make the team anyway for special teams. Now all of a sudden, he looks like he's the solid receiver who the Niners thought he could be when they signed him, mm-hmm. and he looks like he's pretty good. He looks like he could be a nice role player for them. And then we'll see after that. But Jennings looks like a guy who could really push his way onto this team. And now you have Austin Watkins hurt, right? So. I thought he was a guy who could who could slip in the sixth receiver. We'll see if he stays on the practice squad. But you know, I don't think he keep five or six. I don't know what they'll do. But I, I'll tell you one thing: if, if he doesn't end up winning the return job, right? Richie James is in trouble. He did not have a good game, and I know he's had some drops in camp. That that was he had a drop in this game, and then he kind of alligator armed a ball. It was a rough game for James, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think Richie James is gone. Like, which is, which is too bad. Cause I was really high on him coming out of college. And I, and I remember the draft, the post draft show where I said he would be a star and he just kind of never really, I, he never really got a chance, but he also never really distinguished himself to be able to get that chance. Like when he, when he played, like you remember the game against Arizona in 2019, where basically he caught that pass along the sideline and turned it into like a 70 yard gain. Yeah. Um, like he, he has those moments and he had the, he had the, the return for a touchdown as well. Punt return for a touchdown and all those things. Like he had those moments. But like he's never really put it together, and just that inconsistency. Like all camp, we've been hearing about him more for his drops than anything. And when you get into a game situation, like in practice, like okay, like yeah, it's annoying. But when you get into a game situation, and you need a big third down conversion, and and you just drop it, or you're you're hoping that your quarterback develops in the preseason, and you just you're dropping balls. Like you're not extending drives, you're not letting your quarterback stay on the field so you can get a better look at him. That stuff drives me nuts. So. I think that, like, starting from there, I think Richie James is gone. I think, really, Jalen Hurd is gone. Like, they didn't – that that's that whole thing, 
Twitter, 49ers Twitter legend, Jalen Hurd, that everybody thinks will be a star, but just can never stay healthy. They've given him every chance in the world to like try to step up and earn this number three wide receiver job. He just never stay on the field. So yeah, when you look at you that. How of the next three weeks to make this yeah, game. Absolutely. I mean, how of the next three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Like he needs to, he needs to just be balling out like the entire time, practice included. So really we know one and two, like that's set. Um, and I, I think it's funny like Debo got his one, like, you know, screen pass and he took it like 10 yards for the first time. He's like, all right, good. You're still, you're still Debo. All right, cool. Let's get you. Let's get you out of the game. <laughs> yeah. Go sit down you're good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause he's just like a bowling ball, right? He just wants to hit people, right? All right. Debo, Debo got to hit, he got to hit some people this week. Let's take him out. Right. So, um, but beyond that, like you look at moments to new, the way they sat him out in the first preseason game, like he's going to make the roster. Like you don't do that with somebody that you're going to, you're going to eventually cut. Right. Right. So I feel like he's going to be wide receiver three. He works out of the slot. They need that. And he's going to be wide receiver three. It's wide receiver four and five. I think these are the two positions that maybe like, you know, you'll see them jockeying for position like as the season goes on. Or if Debo or Ayuk need, need a break or a breather, or if one of them can't play for a game or two, whatever, like they can, they can kind of step in. And Sherfield is one of those guys that can step in. Built similar to, more similar to Debo than Ayuk. But he's got more speed than Kendrick Bourne did, which is great. Um, and he seems like he plays with a little bit, little bit more physicality than Bourne did. That's not a knock against Kendrick Bourne. He was a really good possession receiver who also had like some lapses and mental lapses, things like that. But Sherfield seems like more of a solid player. And Jawan Jennings, I was high on this guy from, from the, the time he was drafted. Like he's, he's one of those guys that he's not, his, his speed doesn't show up on tape. He's game fast. And he, like, he ran like a four, six, eight or something like that, almost a four, seven at the combine and people are like, Oh, this guy's slow. He's big and he's slow, but like he's physical and he's, he's fast in, sh- in short spaces. And that's exactly what you want when you have a short passing game. So I tend to think that those are the top five. You can flip flop Sherfield and Jennings based on the situation, but to me, those will be the top five. And then the six wide receiver, well, maybe Austin Watkins or, or maybe Jalen Hurd shocks everybody and can, can snag a six wide receiver spot. But typically you want that sixth guy to be able to play special teams as well. So it's probably going to be Austin Watkins, maybe, if, when he gets healthy. Yeah, when healthy, sure, yep. Now, the other position group I was really looking at, you know, other than the quarterbacks, to me, was, was the secondary, because you have not a lot of depth at corner, and mm-hmm. you have injuries at safety. I, who knows when Jaquaski Tart is going to be back. You know, Tavon Wilson's played well. Um, but I wanted to see, is anybody, other than the starters, going to step up? And the Niners didn't play their starting corners, obviously, in this game. and. Two guys that just jumped off the screen to me were Lenore and Hufunga. Am I saying his last name right? Yeah, Hufunga. You know I'm yep. awful at names. <laughs> you know, I never say anything right. But um, they just jumped off the screen to me. I, I, I thought Lenore, you know, had the interception. I thought he just looked like a dog out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just looked nasty. I thought he played really, really well. And also, Hufunga, just, he looked good on special teams. I thought he looked good in the secondary. I, you know, I didn't really know what, what to make out of him. I thought maybe he would have ended up being a special teams player when they drafted him, but he looked like he could really be somebody that can maybe step up in the secondary and play. And to me, that was, that was huge because that's what I was looking for. Is anybody going to step up in that position? And those two guys for, you know, I know it's just one preseason game, but for those, those two guys, they definitely did. Yeah, I, I really love how, how uh, Hufunga plays. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, and people will say this, oh, of course he does. But when you look at him, let me ask you, when you look at him, who does he remind you of? Okay, are you going to say Troy Palomalo? Yeah, of course. 
of course. That's what you're gonna say, okay. Yep. Yeah, like he reminds me of Paul Amalu, not because of the, not because the hair, like the, the the heritage or anything, because of how he plays. Okay, so before before people, my listeners, like and all the listeners, start like attacking me, just because because how he plays, not how he looks. So I think that you know, and I guess kind of how he looks, how he moves, how he runs, how he's all he's all over the field and things like that. But I think that when you have a guy like that that's really raw and can be all over the field and can play special teams and all that like they they typically find their way out of the team especially when you have a roster that for the niners i feel like honestly i I feel like they have 21 starters right now i don't know if you feel the same way but i feel like they have 21 starters right now and the only thing that's kind of under like consideration here is this position because tarts hurt and also that guy needs to get healthy man like i just when he's on the field, he's a difference maker, but he's only played out of the last four seasons, 53, 53% of the games that the Niners have played. So yeah, it's been frustrating. He's a hell of a player. It's been really frustrating to watch his career and him not be able to stay on the field. Frustrating for him. Frustrating. You know, it's, it's, it's got to suck for him too. Cause he's got so much talent, but yeah, I hear you. Yeah. He's a really good player. Like we saw in that Super Bowl season when him and I mean, obviously D4 went out too, but him, when him, Quan Alexander and D4 went out, the, the team suffered and the secondary suffered. So he he's an impact player and they have to be able to pr- really replace that with somebody else. So I like Hafunga. I like, I always like rookies that can play and they can fly around things like that. Um, Lenore had that, the, the pick almost, almost a pick six, but uh, he was, he was touched down before he was able to get up. And uh, you know, and people will say, Oh, it was a drop that, that fell right into his lap. But I mean, he was right there. You know, if that drop, if he, if he wasn't right there, that drop ends up falling to the ground and that's, that's harmless. So him and Ambry Thomas, like those two guys, I think that with the deals that the cornerbacks are on, all three of them, Mosley, Verrett, and, and also Kamar Williams, who was out this week, really like you have to be able to fill that, those roster spots potentially in the future or have that depth there with younger guys. And I think these, these are two of the guys that they wanted to get. And I think that they've, they've shown pretty well. Like they, they've, they've had their moments in camp where they struggled, but I think they've shown pretty well. And I think the more they play, the better they'll get, all three of them. Um, so really excited about the secondary. Not a lot of depth there, but we could be saying something different, Al, by the by the middle of the season when when Thomas and Lenore get more work and Hapunga's got more work as well. We could say that this is a pretty deep group. Yeah, this season's huge for their development, absolutely. All right, I gotta ask you this. Are you worried about this Javon Kinlaw injury? Yes. Yeah. Point blank. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that look, Javon Kinlaw is not one of those guys that strikes me as like Nick Bosa, where you just take the entire preseason off, you can you can go into the season and you're just gonna be awesome. Like Kinlaw was not that kind of player in college. He was not like a super dominant force. He was really good, but he was not like a, you know, a, a total game wrecker. And really it's unfair to him, but you know, you're essentially replacing DeForest Buckner, right? So the expectations are already high and your shoes that you have to fill are already very large. And when you're not playing at all and you're not, you're not really showing that development, like, yeah, there's going to be some unrest amongst the fan base, which is why I feel the way that I feel. Maybe he's fine. He did flash last week at practice, but like you got to stay on the field. He's got that bulky knee um, he, that's that's been giving him issues, and if that's still, the, he, I think it's a shoulder this time. And if he's constantly getting hurt, really, like you have to really start questioning. Like, all right, like what are we, you know, what's going on here? Like he's a first round pick, a mid first round pick. They essentially wanted him to replace Buckner, and he can't even stay on the field. So. I don't know. It's too early to say anything, Al, but it's just it's just kind of unnerving that he's only in the second camp. And already, we're seeing like some injury issues that are keeping out keeping him out of like practice and games, which is really kind of concerning to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we we have to see how it plays out because it could just be a maintenance thing too, where they're just like, all right, you're banged up, we're not even going to risk it. Because I think for him, he's one of those guys who are poised to take a jump this year. I thought he had a good rookie year, and mm. but like you said, it, it's the re- replacing DeForest Buckner thing, which really isn't fair to put on anybody, mm. you know, to get to that level. But you at least want him to be a very good player, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought if he took that jump this year. Because now maybe D Ford's going to play, right? Maybe he's going to be healthy, and you have Ibukam, and you have Hurst, you have DJ Jones, you have Nick Bosa, and you have Eric Armstead, and you have this loaded, loaded defensive line. I'm sure I miss people. Um, street, you know, guys like it just goes on and on and on. But if he takes that jump, if he's, I'm saying he's got to be an all pro, but if he's a borderline Pro Bowl type talent, all of a sudden you're looking at the defensive line again, and it's like, wow, right? Could be special. And you look at what the defensive line did when it was right in 2019. It carried the team for the first half of the year. It carried the team in the playoffs. You know, they were dominant in the playoffs, right? Nick Bosa was just wrecking everything. So mm-hmm. if that line can get to that level again or close to it, maybe you can afford to, I don't know, break in a rookie quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if they can be that good. So his his development is really, really important. So yeah, I'd like to see him out there, like to see him take that jump, like to see him become, you know, one of the top defensive tackles in in the NFL, or at least just a very good one. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good players around him. You know, he doesn't have to be the man if you have Nick Bosa there. When you Mm -hmm. have a a good player like Eric Armstead, if you have a remotely healthy D forward, you don't have to be the man. He's got to be really good and that can help him because he's not going to, you know, maybe he won't see double teams and things like that. So yeah, it's hugely important to get him on the field, hugely important for the team that D-line to, to carry like they need to. Yeah, I think it's it's not a make-or-break year for him. I don't think it's, it's, it's like no, just your second really. year. It's your second year, right? So it's like, this is not... Yeah, we're, yeah, we're then, not trying to be too dramatic. We're just yeah. talking about him <laughs> a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm just... The, the concern is mild, right? I'm like, okay, like, I'm concerned, but I'm like mildly concerned. So let me walk that back a little bit. And the reason why is because, I mean, he's, he's 23 years old. He's got a long career ahead of him, but like, I just, it's just like, I want to see these guys on the field. So partially it's my own sort of like desire to see how these guys are developed. Like, you know, we don't see these guys for several months, right? It's like, I want to see what you, you know, what, what do you look like now? This after an off season, a full NFL off season where you can focus on just the NFL game. You don't have to worry about like college and graduating and all that stuff. Like, what do you look like? Like how much have you learned? Let's see you play against other right. players. Right. So it's just, that anxiousness also kind of feeds into that too. Yeah, it, like we said, his development's important. It's an important, yeah. the first round pick, you're replacing a really good player. It's, it's an important development. And, you know, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried. I, I think they're probably being more cautious than anything else, but mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. So, so moving forward here, next game, is there anything, obviously, other than Lance, that you want to see next game? Um, I want to see Sermon playing better. I want to see Trey Sermon playing better. I want to see, Really, I would love to see Trey Lance behind the ones. I know you said besides Lance, but I would see the the one. I love to see the first the starting offense with Trey. Um, Jimmy is Jimmy. I don't think we need to see even see Jimmy. Honestly, I think he'll probably get the, re- the dress rehearsal, the standard dress rehearsal in, in the third game that most teams do with their their starters. But I think that I'd like to see I'd like to see Hafunga with the ones and see what he does. I'd like to see obviously Kinlaw play. Um, they haven't they haven't talked about Bosa, have they? And and having him play, have they? I I think they said he's getting closer to full to going full on, but I I'd be shocked if we see him in the preseason. I'd be shocked. Yeah. 
I mean, he didn't need a preseason. All he did was like bolster that defense to a Super Bowl in this first season. Yeah, I wouldn't even, even risk it. But I think that like th- those really those are a couple of things I want to see. Uh, and Al, I want to I want to also drop this little point here that's very important. So when people look at preseason stats and they analyze them and they're like, oh, Trey Lance was was you know less than fifty percent completion percentage, and he was he only had that one throw and this and that. And he had two almost picks and stuff. But look, the thing is, is that when these guys are professionals and they have certain areas that they want to work on. They'll work on the areas that they're not good at and their coaches will have them and put the, put them in those situations because that's how you get better. Like you're not going to continuously improve as a player. If you start working on the stuff that you're good at, like that's part of it, but you also have to work at the stuff that you're not good at. So you can become a more well-rounded player. And Al, you know this cause you're a baseball guy too. You know this. So like in spring training in baseball, you see like a starter and he'll go in there and he'll be like an established starter, right? Like example, like when, We'll, we'll use one of your former Yankees, like Mike Mike Mussina, right? Like he'll go in, a, he'll go in, a, in a, a spring training game. He'll pitch like three innings and give up like five runs and give up like seven mm-hmm. hits. But he'll come out of that and be like, you know, look, all I was working on was my changeup, and that's all I wanted to work on because I know my changeup needs work, and that's all I wanted to get out of this start. The stats don't count; it's a glorified practice. I don't care. I wanted to get pitches, and I wanted to work on one specific thing, and I did. So I think it's successful. So in that sense, we have to keep everything in a context, right? Where a lot of times like Kyle may, may want to see a certain situation with a certain player and put them in that situation to see how they do. And just because they may not succeed in that situation doesn't mean that they're terrible or they're a bad player. It just means that, hey, this is a work in progress. Kyle wants to see it. They're going to see how it works in the game. And then during the course of the week, they work on it during practice. So that's what we have to remember with preseason. Like, it's not about like, oh, the prettiest stat line and things like that. Like, if you remember, um, I mean, Mitch Trubisky had a fantastic first preseason game um, and he was really, really good. But then like what ended up happening with him. So I think that's why we all, right. we all, we have to take this all with the grain of salt. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like you said, they're working on things. We don't know what the plan is going into the game. We don't mm-hmm. know if, if they're just saying, you know, you're just going to do X, Y, and Z and that's it. Certainly looked that way with Lance because running wasn't part of it, you know? So right. we do have to take it with a grain of salt. It's just, it's, it's the NFL, right? So everything's magnified. <laughs> everything in the NFL is, I mean, practice. I've never seen, I mean, you don't go to spring training and be like, oh man, you know, whoever, I don't know, um, shortstop missed a couple balls today, right? You know, mm-hmm. I was going to use a giant, but I couldn't think of any. <laughs> Brandon Crawford. Try, Brandon Crawford, they're going to try to think of a giant infielder, and I was like, oh, I couldn't think of any. Um, so Brandon Crawford, there you go. So, oh, he, he booted two balls in practice today. Nobody ever says that or cares. But in mm-hmm. the NFL, it's like, oh, he ever dropped a ball, you know? Richie James dropped the ball in practice. It's not like that in any other sport. You, you, you know what I mean? You're not out there saying, you know, oh, LeBron shot two of ten today in the scrimmage of practice. Nobody, nobody, you never hear that. Ever, ever in football. Everything is just so magnified. It's crazy. Crazy when you really think about going, think about you were an athlete. Think about if you went to practice and you were just working on things and then there was something in, I don't know, your college newspaper or something about how you suck. You know, like, mm-hmm. you're like, what? I was practicing. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. working on something. It's it's crazy, but yeah, just everything with the NFL is magnified. I guess it makes it fun for guys like us because there's more to talk to, but it is a little bit ridiculous until the regular season starts. Yeah, I think so. And and I think that like for me, I love preseason games and I and I put this out there, I was like, it was an unpopular opinion, but I love preseason games for, for these reasons. Number one, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. I'm so tense and intense on game days in the regular season. I'm a terrible person to watch football with, right? It's awesome to go specifically go to the stadium and watch a preseason game because you can literally just chill there, eat food. Like I don't eat or drink during during football games when the Niners are playing. I'm just like sit there. I'm like just watch. You know what I mean? Like 
I'm like, my body's shut down. Like I don't go to the bathroom. I don't eat. I don't drink. I don't do anything. Right. So when you're in a preseason game, you can do all that stuff, right? It's fun. You know, the weather's always nice at night, you know, and, and at Levi's and it was, you know, like a candlestick will always be cold. And, and you can see all your favorite players, your, the rookies that were drafted, like you're guaranteed to see them because they want to see them. Whereas like the, the regular season, they may be buried on the, on the death chart. Uh, it's it's literally like the players are sometimes conversing with the fans and it's just a lot of fun to me to watch and go to preseason games because it's like there's nothing no harm no foul but i think that like you know for a lot of people like oh it doesn't count this now but i think they're important and i think they're fun to go to so yeah i'm an advocate for preseason for sure <laughs> yeah i just want the regular season to get here <laughs> just hurry <laughs> up man i can't take it anymore what do we got another like three and a half weeks or something or whatever i just yep. I, I no four weeks almost yeah, I just want the regular season to get here. I can't wait. I can't wait for football to start. Really, also, really I don't, excited, I don't, I don't think the train is going to start week one. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't think he's going to start week one. Even no, and you know why? Because we're back yeah. on that. Yeah, I don't think he's going to start week one. Um, I just want to make that prediction now, not because like I, dude, I, I freaking bought his jersey the the minute that they came out. So I'm a Trey guy, right? I'm a Trey Lance guy, but I don't think he's going to start because number one, he's not getting the work with the ones in, in practice right now and during the preseason. And he should have been by this time already, at least sharing it. And number two, they start the season on the road with two straight games. Like you don't want to do that. Like you want to you want to get a soft spot in the schedule where you're at home, you have the home crowd. There's minimal sort of things to deal with, and then you give him that start. Unless like Jimmy gets injured, then yeah, you have to start him. But if everybody's everybody's healthy, you find a soft spot on the schedule. Granted, like you know, depending on your team situation, all that stuff. Like ideally, you find a soft spot on the schedule at home like non-prime time and you start him in that game. So even if like it goes south, it's not a big deal because it's not in front of the entire nation. It's in front of your own home crowd who's not going to get on you as much. And it's it's a, it's a much softer landing spot. So I think that's what's going to happen. You'll see him start in one of those games. Yeah, I just think it's too early to stay still because, you know, I keep, I keep saying, I keep saying when he's ready, he goes. So if he has, if he comes out against the, you know, the joint practices this week with the Chargers and, plays well against Chargers in, in game three of the preseason. If he looks lights out, it could change quickly. You know, mm -hmm. but if it's more of what we saw in, in, in week one where it looks like he did some good things, things he's got to work on, it probably is the status quo where Jimmy starts and then he gets some packages. I think we got to see. I think it's too early. It's fun to talk about, but let's see what happens in the next two or three weeks and, yeah. and, and kind of see where we are. And where I'm at, so. All right, Dan, you got anything else, man? No, that's it, man. I'm, I'm excited. I, the, the worst part about this is that when I saw Trey play, I'm like, man, the worst part about this is I don't have to wait another whole week to watch him play again. That's literally the worst part. Is like I wish I could watch him tomorrow. Right? Yeah. Just it's exciting. It's exciting. Listen, like I said last week on the show, if you're a Niners fan, this is an exciting time. It's been from a rough couple decades for the most part. Be excited right now. It's an exciting yeah. time. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, hey, let's see what happens this week coming up. Uh, we got uh, the Chargers, right? They got practices in, in SoCal. They got those joint practices, don't they? Yep. 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 All right, so let's see what the Chargers got. We uh, we will see must see TV. Derwin James and George Kittle. Let's see. Let's let's get after it. So, all right. So another one in the books, Al. For Al, this is Zane. See you guys later.